Hey, my name's Dan Grubb, and over there's Aaron Fletcher-Smith, and this is the Dan and Aaron Lycorama. Music! <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, that was pretty groovy. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, so today, we are talking about one of my favorite bands, The Hives. The Hives... There's a good chance you've heard of them. There's a real good chance if you haven't heard of them that you have heard them. Uh, I didn't realize just how much their music gets used in promos and commercials and stuff. Uh, I was looking down the list. Their music has been used for the WWE, for uh, football video games, for NASCAR, or NASCAR or IndyCar. One of them used Tick, Tick, Boom in a commercial. All sorts of sports stuff and uh, commercials and movie soundtracks, like they pop up all over the place. It's crazy. Yeah. I had no idea because I don't watch a lot of sports because... I'm what they call indoorsy. (laughs) So Aaron and I know this band real well. So they came around in the late 90s to our shores. Uh, It's a Swedish band. They started in, I think their first EP was like 93. Uh, And they're all... They're all from the, they were all born in the late 70s. So they were like 25. No, they were like 15 at the time. Yeah. So they were like finishing high school and put the, put out an EP. Yeah. Um, and, oh, no, yeah, yeah. That was when the band started was 93. 97, their first album came out. That was called Barely Legal. That album is so freaking good. Hear this, hear this. Nick's gonna sing this new crazy record for us right now. It's so good. And the first album that really hit in the States was their second album from 2000, Vini Vini Vicious. Yeah. Oh my God. It made me so happy. That album is that, that that's the one I know. And that's the one that's just like, Oh, it it gives me uh, the, the good tingles thinking about it. (laughs) The good You're a pervert. (laughs) Um, I meant in, like, my body, ephemerally, not in any particular erogenous zone. You sicko. (laughs) So, oh my god, they're just good, good, good rock. 
They're just rock and rock and rock. So let's set the scene. You are me and Aaron in like 1999, 2000. Yep. Uh, you're finishing high school. Let's say it's 99. You're finishing high school. All the music on the radio is either this was uh, when the boy bands were getting real big. Britney and Christina were getting real big. Uh, Destiny's Child was wrapping up. Beyonce wasn't Beyonce yet. She was just, she. that one is real good. There also, was I'm going to jump in, and I'm going to know to, uh, to contextually to continue setting the stage, this is also just as uh, the encroachment of Clear Channel begins onto yeah. local radio. So this is yeah. this is at the point where all of a sudden those of us that are like eagerly trying to, you know, in our late teens, early twenties, trying to digest as much music as possible, starting to look at each other as the radio plays and go, uh, why are they playing sublime for the 40th time in a row this week? Uh, right. Why, right. why are they playing? I just want to fly by sugar. Ray. I mean, it's not a bad song, but uh, uh, anything but else? Is there anything time, else? Yeah, exactly. It, it loses its sheen. Right. And so it's very frustrating if, like you were saying, you're 18 years old and a music head and you want to hear all the bands on, on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, the way you and I found, because also, I don't know about you, but I didn't know that there were like indie music mags and, you know, CMJ, the College Music Journal and, right. uh, and all that stuff. I knew, you know, Rolling Stone and Spin Magazine. And I knew that if you go to Tower Records, they have a few that you can listen to that just came out. And those usually weren't very good. Right. No, that was it. I mean, that, that was like, you know, the biggest thing that I remember about digesting music during that period of time is I remember, first of all, uh, and I'll, I'll say this every time you and I talk about music. Uh, I really appreciate the fact that you turned me on to the fact that there was more than top 40 <laughs> because oh. <laughs> I, without you telling me this and without you like showing me this stuff back in high school uh, to this day, I would have uh, thought that um, like, you know, the five things that were fed to me every week by uh, uh, I guess, you know, kind of a hybrid conglomeration of uh uh, MTV and whatever the Clear Channel networks were playing on the air at the time were the thing to like, right? Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. Dan Grubb comes along and he's like, "Here's uh, 48 different albums with like 13 different songs by 12 different artists, and they cross pollinate here and here and here." And uh, my brother found out about them, and now I love them, and now you should love them too. And here I am, you know, just like popping CD after CD after CD into uh, <laughs> our van and just listening. And each one, it's like, oh, my God, this is good. Oh, my God, this is good. Oh, my God, yeah, this yeah. one's amazing. Oh, holy shit. Who are these guys? You know. And I'm I'm definitely the benefactor of an older brother, with his friends, uh, and my neighbor turned me on to some stuff. And just going through my parents' records from the '60s and '70s, yeah. they're like, "Oh, okay, this stuff is neat. Who's this?" Yeah. Uh, 
and yeah, all the all the '90s stuff that I knew about, I learned from them. Yeah. And then, luckily, as you know, a couple months after I moved away to go to college, I found out about college radio, and oh, there's a gazillion records I can listen to. Cool. Yep. And and your interest in college radio kind of brought me up into the same. I was like, well, if you're doing. You're doing it. It sounds like what you're doing is so much fun. I want to get on it as well. I did color radio with uh, the immortal and beloved uh, Jacob Guy Brosh, who I hope is yep. listening out there. Uh, Jake and I did the Hella Show, and it was so much fun. But um, excellent show. Yeah, it was. It was the beginning of why I do what I do now, and I sit my fat butt behind a microphone and, and blather, hoping that somebody will listen. <laughs> um, but the. The music side of it, though, so much of like w- once once I finally felt like I had hit the same level, the wa- same water level as Dan in terms of digesting music, uh, you know, there was no other there was no other way to reach out to the rest of the landscape of modern rock music um, in um that wasn't readily accessible. Like it was very difficult to find what was new and what was exciting and what was awesome. You couldn't just turn on, um, uh, like your, uh, iPhone and, you know, tell Siri, uh, Hey, play something new for me. Uh, right. you had to go to tower and you had to w- slowly work your way through six different headphone stations and decide and make a judgment call on whether you liked what you heard. You had to um, go through uh, CMJ. You had to sit there in the reco- in the, uh, the the college radio uh, recording studio or in the in the library in the archives and go through these piles of CDs. And the beauty of it was that yeah. the CDs themselves, uh, whoever had come behind before you, hopefully fingers crossed, was like either equivalently or or way more knowledgeable about music than you were and would write stuff uh on the you know little like envelope labels that they would put on the cds that were like if you like this you love x you know and then you go and you dig up x and you put x in you listen to it and then on there it says if you really liked x y and z inspired this and also a and b which you'll find on the other side of the room are partial inspirations for this because the artist, you know, was, you know, in some way related. And so you end up building this amazing kind of like spiderweb network knowledge base of these amazing artists, which, you know, all I can think of is like the fucking um, uh, iceberg metaphor where it's like the yeah, top yeah, 40 yeah. music and, col- and, and the, the, the music that, the clear and this comes all the way back to Clear Channel, and I apologize, but like um, the the iHeartRadio, the Clear Channel guys, the tip of the iceberg is the rock and roll and the alternative and and the bands that that get played on there. Below that is this much larger, vast community of artists that Absolutely. maybe get forty to fifty plays, or maybe get a few hundred plays, or are popular in. Europe or in the Middle East or in um or they're big Russia, in Japan or they're big in Japan and you don't know who they are but you hear things about these guys existing until all of a sudden you find them and you yeah. go oh my god they're as good as i thought holy crap you know 
right around that time, and it's also, you know, um, the explosion of the internet and yeah. broadband just starting, dial-up just starting to go away, yep. um, if you are lucky. And up, you know, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, to find out about the cool new thing, you had to walk to the record store and talk to the record store clerk and say, hey, I like A, B, C, D. What else is good? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they'll say, oh, you like F, G, H, I. Um, Or, you know, you have to subscribe to nine magazines. Yep. And get their samplers that come out twice a year. Yeah. Or, you know, go to shows every night. And so hopefully the opening yeah. band is someone neat and not yeah. a complete snooze fest. Yeah. Um, but that changed once everyone got online. You didn't have to know that guy. You didn't yeah. have to know the cool clerk at the record store who, A, has the patience to deal with you, an idiot, and <laughs> B, actually knows good stuff and not something that you hate. Right. Because there's a, for me, there's a high correlation between people who know a lot about, about indie music and people who are into music that is way more depressing than I would like. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was so, you know, the whole college radio crowd, all of the indie artsy people I knew, all of them were like, oh, I just love these bands that you know, just make me want to kill myself. Isn't that cool? I'm like, no, thanks. I I am looking for something to get me out of bed and off to class jumping up and down. I I need something. I, you know, I need uh, audio coffee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No matter what the genre, whether it's, you know, if it's jazz, vocal jazz is not my thing. I prefer bebop because it makes you jump up and down. If it's metal... Uh, you know, black metal, not my thing. I like thrash because it makes you jump up and down. Right. If it's rock, I don't want to hear about your feelings. I want to hear about you jumping up and down so that I jump yeah. up and down. Um, I actually, I'll speak to that for a second and I'll say, you know, one of the things that I do remember from that period of time is, um, I remember that, um, one of the most important things about that rock and roll, at least for me, and I think this was, I, I, you know, I don't mean to speak for you, of course, but, um, I think it was somewhat similar for you as well, was that the most important thing about that music was that that music had, that music had to serve as a connective tissue between the coffee that you had available for yourself at the time, whatever uh, caffeine you had available to continue you through the day, which was usually like a 18 to 22 hour day. Um, right. It, it ended up being the, you know, it was the muscle fiber uh, because it's like there was, that was also the same period of time as like, um, you know, us going back to fucking Iraq for, 
every reason under the sun and 9-11 years later yeah uh, yeah and and not only that but you know the just the existential crisis of you know growing up and being and you know becoming an adult and realizing that there are certain things that are thrust upon you the responsibilities of being it and so that rock and roll served a dual purpose of being the coffee without being coffee and being Hmm. the distraction without being necessarily a distraction you know it was you get in your car and immediately you turn on the hives you get to the place where you're going okay well i got to do this thing you get back in the car you wipe away the fact that you had to do this thing with more i don't know um the hives or or google bordello or um uh, i was getting into motorhead at the time you know it's it's scream at me so that (laughs) all of the things that i was frustrated about in between me being in my car or being at my house can be washed out you know um and that's the that's the beauty of the hives and that's the beauty of that whole genre of just like pure energy raucous raw angry uh revival of tough rock and roll that that yeah. came about during that like late nineties, early two thousands period. I got my mind made up and it's getting clear of better things to do than say I Absolutely. And which which, yeah, brings us right back to the to the start of, you know, you're in this time. It's ninety nine, two thousand. Um, everything is either. You know, the the boy bands, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Puff Daddy and all that stuff. Now, 20 years later, I'm like, man, some of that was actually really good. Like, I totally appreciate yeah. Britney Spears now, which if you told me in high school, hey, when you're old and boring, you're really going to appreciate this artistry. Yeah, right. I'd be like, Pfft. yeah, man, <laughs> like that's a, you know, but and like the all, all the stuff produced by Puff Daddy, like Mo Money Mo Problems. That's a good song. Yeah. Like when you when it's not being put in your face a hundred times a day. When you haven't heard it in eight years, that's a good song. Um, But when you're inundated with all that and everything is sparkly, a lot of shiny metallic fabric going on, a lot of a lot of orange fleece vests going on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was that period of time. If you want to, if you, if you ever want to dress up like 1999, just put on an orange fleece vest and get some blonde tips Yep, and you're all set. Yeah. Um, but then all of a sudden here comes this band out of Sweden and you're like, who are these guys?
means I like them and I want to be their friend and I want to hang out with this. I want this in my head. I want this in my car. I want this in my home stereo. I want this. I want them following me around on the street when I'm walking from place to place. Can I, can we arrange that? Can, are they available? (laughs) Oh, they're on tour in Germany and Japan and the Midwest. Crap. Okay. Well maybe next month, but, uh, yeah, just complete no messing around. You just go right. into it. And I wouldn't even call them angry. It's just fun. It's yeah. youthful energy. It's it's um like early Iggy and the Stooges. Like early yeah. Ramones before yeah. they got depressed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And before Iggy Pop started hanging out with David Bowie and got really good records came out of it, but <laughs> it wasn't the same as the Stooges. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that just... Yeah. And you just, yeah, let's go. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's so good. And yeah. uh, so, and it was, and it was at that time as far as what most people could have heard, um, like in the sort of college radio atmosphere, there was Estrus Records were doing that kind of thing in the 90s with garage rock, bands like yeah. The Woggles, um, maybe Delta 72 could we go in there, um, on Matador, they had some bands like John Spencer Blues Explosion, um or uh butter 08 uh pussy galore um you know there were there are a lot of bands like that sort of floating around but they weren't getting a whole lot of exposure to random idiot like me um john spencer i saw the video for whale like once or twice on tv i think on mtv too it's a really funny video weird al directed it um and the hives I saw on probably MTV two, like twice, when the single came out. Uh, hate yeah. to say I told you so. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What is this? Give me that!" Yeah. Uh, but yeah, right around that same time is when uh, the Mooney Suzuki and the Strokes came out in New yes. York. Uh, they were come. They were coming out around the same time. Their first records were about then. I think maybe also two thousand. Actually, you name dropped one that I, I do want to mention real quick, which is all of the groups that you've mentioned. Yeah, very similar energy, very very similar like raw power and excitement, and like yeah, <laughs> you know when when they when they start singing. But except for one, which is one that like I like them, but they are so weird and they're beautifully weird, which is Butter Away. And um, the the few times that I've listened to Butter 08, some of the maybe it's just that I I you know been listening to the wrong tracks or something like that, <laughs> but um, they are wonky 
and they're not yeah. bad, but they're definitely they start ever so like you know if if negative land is the bottom of the uncanny valley butter away is the slope downwards well they're kind of like butter away is one of those combination bands where it's yeah one or two guys from john spencer blues explosion one or two people from god there's there's john spencer there's pussy galore and there's another band that i cannot remember right now but yeah. it doesn't matter. But it, it was one of these yeah. mashup groups, and it kind of reminds me of when the Blues Explosion and Dub Narcotic played together. And it yes. was it was more of a, hey, we're having a groovy happening, rather than, we've been in this band for four years, and we're going to cut our cool record now. Mm-hmm. Which it is with, you know, with the sort of quote-unquote proper band's albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was looser and it was more oh wouldn't it be cool if we did this hey let's try one of these um and yeah some of it is kind of slow and chill and oh okay wow cool and some of it is like let's go let's go let's go let's go and it just sort of depends on where the needle falls yeah um did i mention white stripes i think i mentioned white stripes as as no no most people would have heard them you passively mentioned them, but I, it is worth it to kind of hat tip the White Stripes for... Oh, absolutely. Coming that was out like, of the noise floor. Yeah. Because that was the total, like... I mean, talk about stripped down. Yeah. Those first two records are two people, guitar, drums, and the drums are real basic, and the guitars, those first couple records, pretty basic. Yep, and it wasn't exactly. even like... It wasn't even like punk rock basic. It was like... It was like R.L. Burnside blues, basic, like blow, 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 and it was awesome. Yeah, I love this. Yeah. I love that band. Can you take it? And so, yeah, you had like one or two things where you'd be like, oh, that was that was cool. What happened to that? Can we have more? No, we can't. Oh, OK. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, exactly. But then all of a sudden you have this garage, this like season of garage rock. Right. Where, uh, like I said, the Strokes and the Mooney Suzuki out of New York and, you know, obviously other bands as well. They were just the two that sort of I remember 20 years later. Right. Um, that that had come across my radar back then, and uh, there was a similar generation of bands in Sweden. There was the Hives. There was also uh, Mando Diao and the International Noise Conspiracy. Oh yeah, um, they were fantastic. And but a lot of those bands, sort of after that first record, started to get more art pop brit rock sort of no we're gonna we're gonna add more layers and textures to it it's like no 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 go mm-hmm. back to the thing where you, oh okay <laughs> no that's cool and you know their follow-up records were also good they weren't right. bad they were like oh they were also very cool records um but 
whereas the highs they just they kept it going and even their yeah. last one was 2012 i think was it that right. recent um yeah 2012 was lex hives um and they still you know and over time their first album barely legal is definitely like the raw one and it's right. fast and it ex- it's exciting and you jump up and down all day and then the yeah. second one is uh main not main offender um vinny 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 vicious where it's like let's go yeah let's go right that garage rock yeah, yeah let's go and it's so powerful and, uh, yeah the sort of like you know there's all these good collections of 60s bands that weren't the Yardbirds and weren't the Beatles and weren't the Animals. They were like one step down. Yeah. And there's lots of good re- re- um, co- collections of, well, here's this band's single and they kind of made it. And here's a cool band that was big in Ohio. And, you yeah. know, here's a band that was on John Peel a few times and he thought they were really good. And you like, oh, it's all these, like, what could have been kind of records. There's lots of cool compilations like that. And on the funk version of it, Grazing in the Trash has several of those. Um, I can't for the life of me think of the rock version, the rock parallel to Grazing in the Trash right now. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. But it's kind of irrelevant because now, mm-hmm. if you're like, well, I like the Stooges, plug in the Stooges and your streamer of choice will give you, oh, you like that? Here, try yeah. these 60 other Yeah, you'll names. find 18 different variations of it. Yeah, and that's that beauty of... You don't of, need uh, to know the, the record store clerk anymore, which yeah. is cool yeah. if you're like me and are allergic to people. Right. You know, I don't dislike people, but I am allergic to them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because of coronavirus, we essentially are now, so, you know. <laughs> True, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's... You know, and you can you can go down Wikipedia for an entire weekend and educate yourself. Yeah. Or before that, before Wikipedia, it was all music. I think all music is still around, but you're like, oh, well, who's this band? Oh, here's their 20 records. Right. You know, when in high school, I was like, well, I like Art Blakey. I wonder if the record store has uh, any of his records that I don't have in stock today. No? Oh, I'll check next week. Mm. And like... I didn't, you know, I was a kid. I didn't know that you could ask for them to order one. I didn't know how many records he had. <laughs> I didn't, there was no one I could ask. You know, the, I specifically like felt, um, I felt awkward about like going into record stores. I felt awkward and, uh, I felt like I was, it was not my place to ask to see if stuff could be ordered because, right. Uh, Meanwhile, that is where... literally their job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like it was one once, of those I, where... once I started at the radio station, and everyone who worked at a ra- at the record store in Blacksburg was like, almost also all of them became the a friend station. of mine from the radio yeah. station. And I was right. like, "Oh, you! This is your bread and butter. This is what gets your heart going. Is yeah. people asking you." Hey, I like this. What should I, what else should I like? And you tell them yeah. 30 things like right. that's your favorite thing. They I like wish I knew stuff. that. It's okay to, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. There's so much where it's like, I wish, I wish there was like a handbook that you got 
<laughs> like yeah. you hit puberty. Hey, you're going to want to like your own music now. Here's how right. to figure that out. Hey, right. you're going to want to know how this aspect of society works. Here's and how oh, you do that. And oh, by the way, yeah, and oh, by the way, it's okay to ask uh, the people that like the things that you like if they know about more things that you could go like then. Like yeah. it's, 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 it's acceptable and right and good to be like, Hey, um, you own a local mom and pop record show record store. Uh, could you tell me more about band X? You know, that's acceptable. I got a thousand answers. One's gotta be right. I mean, it's like if you went into an Apple store today and you were like, well, I have an iPhone. Gee, I don't know if I should ask the salesman if I should buy anything else. It's like, you right. that's exactly what they want, idiot. <laughs> you should yeah, not be nervous yeah. about that. They are right. happy to help. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so, so that, anyway, that's sort of where these guys came from culturally. Um on the state side anyway. Um, so yeah, if you weren't going to Ozfest, where there were 600 bands playing over a weekend or, uh, or what was the other one? There was, there was Ozfest. HF festival was a, a DC one. Lollapalooza. If you didn't go to Lollapalooza and see yeah. 800 bands playing over four days at your local football stadium, then, uh, you were, you were like, could I, or, or if you didn't already have a pipeline into cool stuff, cool indie stuff, yeah, then you were just kind of stuck, like Aaron and I were. Yeah. Um, and then, hey, everybody, here's the internet. Here's all music. Here's Napster. Here's this. Yeah. Here's this conduit. Here's this medium. Here's this source. Yes! And you can find out about everything. Right. And that coincided with right when this garage revival happened and all these cool bands blew up at the same time. Right. And thank goodness. And we're all better off for it. Well, there's also, you know, um, one of the things that I, I do remember reading about, um, during, I guess the, uh, the early to mid two thousands is a lot of artists attributing, um, their interest in getting back together either with folks they knew or starting new bands and uh, beginning to produce new music, a lot of it is attributed to um, the P2P sharing, Napster, LimeWire, the ability to finally hear this stuff. And yeah. the when, when the digital marketplace opens up um, and all of a sudden people are able to go do the browsing on their own and not just listen to 30 seconds of a sample of a song, uh, but to listen to the entire track and then maybe listen to maybe three more tracks, all of a sudden the ability, and, and I, I think also two things occurred, right? The ability to cut the wheat from the chaff, uh, in other words, to find the bands that were consistently um, uh, uh, content deliverers, uh, folks that could knock out a hit after a hit after a hit uh, became one thing, right? As opposed to... Uh, buying a one hit wonders album and going, Oh, the rest of this is kind of crap. Um, <laughs> yeah. a right. And then, and then B you get that, um, distributed content factor where 
the folks that um, did music and were excited about music were able to listen to more music similar to the the type of music they did and then go seek out those folks. You know, you're yeah. into the beginning of email. You're into the beginning of, you know, uh, uh, just enough digital information online that, you know, you can go on to Usenet or onto AOL or onto web forums and go, hey, who is this guy? You know, yeah. and, and slowly... The, and get the, on their the, email list. Get on their exactly news, their electronic newsletter list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And slowly, the ability to pull this information out of more than one guy at the record store. You know, no offense to anybody who's a the guy at the record store, becomes possible and easily accessible. And it's deluging your email, and it's awesome. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So that was the cultural situation around 2000 when these guys came over and and blew up in the U.S. Um, so the Hives, it is a five-piece band. The singer is Howlin' Pell Omquist, a.k.a. Right. Per Omquist. His brother is the guitarist, Nicholas Omquist, a.k.a. Nicholas Arson. And the rhythm guitarist is Michael Carlson, a.k.a. Vigilante Carlstrom, a.k.a. Pig Champion Jr. I had forgotten they had all given themselves crazy names, which is fucking fantastic. A.k.a. Barely Legal, which is where the first album title came from. Yes. Their bass player, Matthias Bernwall, a.k.a. or maybe Bernval since they're Swedish, a.k.a. Dr. Matt Destruction. God, I love these names. <laughs> A great name. Uh, he left in 2013 because of health reasons. Uh, uh, he was replaced by Johan Gustafsson, who is AKA the Johan and only. <laughs> Johan and only. That's beautiful. <laughs> and the drummer, the drummer is uh, Christian Gron, AKA Chris Dangerous. Chris Dangerous. Nice. And then there is the fictional manager and songwriter who is credited with all their songs, Randy Fitzsimmons. And uh, they, the thing I love about the hives, and this is something that I didn't know about till several years later, uh, but it just made me like them even more. It's just another thing to like them. They, the, the bombacity isn't just on the stage. It's also their, they gave themselves a fake backstory in this okay. fictional manager slash muse. This okay. Randy Fitzsimmons guy who all of their in their press and their website and stuff, it would say that, yeah, this guy, Randy Fitzsimmons, sent a letter to each member individually and said, you should start a band. You should start a band. <laughs> and he and he like was the like Sven Gali who brought these people together and right. he wrote all the songs for them, and he's like the puppet master pulling the strings, and he's and it's all made up. That's that's beautiful. It's completely it. made up, and I love oh, it. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, I love stuff like that. I love made up BS history, and it reminds me. Our Aaron and I used to do a band called Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, and and we had 
we did stuff like that where we had this fi- completely ridiculous fictional history like uh that the band started in the 1910s and that uh uh Clark Gable was a member of it but he got kicked right. out and yep. you know all the the uh, uh, an accident left 20 people dead in a street while yep. they were on tour and just all this crazy nonsense yeah, there's been um, 30 rotating members of the band since the 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Just all this goofiness. Yeah. And I anyway. I love stuff like that. And I, I love whenever anyone expands their own little tiny universe. Right. Um, And and to, to add on to that, how it's not just the music. And it's, it, they thought about everything. Just like my favorite comedy is where they look at every little bit and they say, what if the wall had funny things on it? What if yeah. the music was also funny? What if this, well, you have to have a guy come in and say this. What if that guy is funny? Yeah. It's looking for opportunities everywhere. And yeah. they do that too. The way that they dress, they dress in identical uniforms and sometimes over the years it's evolved it was uh black and white just a, a it started out just everyone was in black and white and then it became black and white suits and then it became black and white um kentucky colonel suits with the little uh string tie and then they were in black and white uh custom made like prep school uniforms um their last album, they toured in full tuxedos and top hats. Um, and then uh, I saw a concert online from a couple of years ago. They were all dressed in matador costumes <laughs> with, you know, the hives stitched on the back among all the ornate Rococo silver, uh, silver sewing. And it's, 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 it's a, a scheme that is in a theme that's all tied together that unites them. And it's great. And then they immediately wreck it by jumping up and down, kicking in the air, getting hot and sweaty, ruining their clothes, climbing up and jumping off of the drums, throwing guitars. So they spin around their entire body and come back in his hands. You know, they, they do all this crazy um, three ring circus shenanigans all the acrobatics that you could possibly hope for from a rock band and 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 they're doing it in tuxedos right which dramatically amplifies the entertainment value of it that is the perfect word for it yes it it's it amplifies it and it it rises it up It, it everything is taken up to a what do they call that where it's like times 10 an order of magnitude everything is blown up an order of magnitude so they are right 10 times as exciting 10 times as united 10 times as audacious and then there's a couple there's a few uh concerts where you, on youtube you can watch a full concert and i love this one it's from probably 2008 and they're touring, uh, they're touring the Black and White album, which is probably my favorite of their records. Um, after Vinny Vitty Vicious in 2000, 2004 was Tyrannosaurus Hives, which is a great record. 2007 was the Black and White album. 2012 was Lex Hives, 
really good records. Um, but on this black and white tour, between songs, you know, Helen Pell, he'll get up there and, you know, usually a band is like, hey, thanks, all right, well, here's one from our new record. Uh, hope you like it. You know, it's sort of like, hey, all right, that was great. Here's here. This next song is was a pretty big hit for us. Here it is. Some like blah, blah, blah. And you look at it and you're like, well, wait, that could be cool. Let's make that cool. And so right. it is, he comes at it, he comes at it like he's Don King. He comes at it like he's P.T. Barnum. You know, I, I, I took some samples from this concert video that I watched and I, oh, I just love it so much. He comes out, he's like, he's like, yes, yes, we're the hives. We're here to solve all the problems in your life. <laughs> That's says, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> he gets up before one song and he goes, all right. right. He's like, this next song's so good. I can barely stand it. And my heart might <laughs> burst and I might drop dead on stage here in front of you. But I can't do that because we've got about 50 million more songs to play tonight. And everyone goes crazy. <laughs> Yeah, the theatrics <laughs> is beautiful. That's that's part of what makes it so much fun. And, um, and, and it's so there good. Were, there were um, God, let me think here. The Hives. Um, there were like at least five or six different bands that kind of took the same approach as them around that same period of time, where it's like we're gonna look very um, like adult and mature and professional with uh, all you know our suits and stuff like that. But then when we get on stage, we're just going to scream and shout and just be so excited about everything. And, you know, this is, like, so dopey. But you know what the one thing that went through my head was every time that I watched those guys get on stage? was that? I thought, my God, I bet those suits they're wearing smell so bad at the end of the night. (laughs) 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 Like, I loved the music and everything, but I couldn't help but look at those guys and I was like... God, I really hope they're drinking a lot of water. And, man, I really hope that whoever does their suits uh, really cleans them well. <laughs> you know, as someone who around this time, me and my brother were in a three-piece band, and that was how our shows were. We were yeah. – he, he he didn't have the bombacity of, of Hal and Pell, but during the songs, it was a guitarist, a bass player, and a drummer who were all trying to be the star. Yep. And while that sounds like chaotic crap, it was more it was more of a cream the who uh, on their best days 10 years after sort of a feel where it's like, oh, I can listen to just the bass and be perfectly entertained. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. And we and I, as someone who did as someone who did that, uh yeah, the uh, those clothes are trashed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 after an hour and a half set of playing the sort of frantic drums that I played, I love uh, when the Who were on the Smothers Brothers. One of the, uh, one of them goes over to Keith and he says, "Who's the guy over there playing the sloppy drums?" I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> that's what I like. <laughs> sloppy drums. Give me them sloppy yeah, exactly. drums." <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but a couple more examples of God. I just I love his banter between the songs. He goes, <laughs> just the, the arrogance. 
Yeah. And now, the five people in this room who deserve the most applause, the hives! Is <laughs> <laughs> how he beautiful. says, that's how he, he presents themselves after a song. Right, right. And, and finally, <laughs> oh yeah, we had, this was, he just goes up and goes, hey, I thought that was pretty good, all right. <laughs> Short and sweet. But my favorite, my favorite uh, they got up there starting to play one of my favorite songs, You Dressed Up Like Armageddon. I can't get enough of that song. And a guy that I was in a band with for a little bit, we learned it, we played it, and it made me endlessly happy to play it. Um, he goes, this next song is about the end of the world, and you're looking at the only five people who will survive. We are the hives, and we are eternal. <laughs> but I disagree. yeah and again coming back to that like whole whole thing of like you know the storyline telling the story and making the story seem like it's more than it than the band really is that's the beauty of doing stuff like that is that it ends up um amplifying the fun of it you know yeah yeah and just everyone wins the band has more fun the audience has more fun they feed off each other more it's just it's so it's just so 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 good um and and the same thing the same thing goes with i mean their their lyrics are right most bands you have lyrics that are like you know oh i wish i was going out with this person oh i wish that this person liked me oh you know life is empty and stupid the hives all their lyrics are like really aggressive (laughs) and and none of it is romantic none of it is self-loathing none of it is um you know getting down on yourself it's all i'm gonna go and do this thing oh no this thing happened it's it's very uh aggressively fun um right like like uh, i love there's a song called outsmarted where it's basically like the gist of the song is you're the guy that always screwed up and now I'm I'm selling you for scrap is the chorus. Uh, it's and I love that surprise. <laughs> it's just such yeah. a nice little cherry on it like surprise. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I really love the neurotic nature of some of their songs. And that's like, um, oh, which one was it? Um, Hate to say I told you so. It's just the speed at which that moves. Um, There are so many lyrics that have to be digested uh, as they burn through them. That just makes it so much freaking fun. 
And yeah, it goes so fast and it's so dense that you can listen to it 10 times before you get all the fun out of the out of just the words. Right. Before exactly. you catch all the words. The first album on the first uh, track on that album, uh, The Hives Declare Guerra Nuclear. Uh, the Hives Declare Nuclear War. <laughs> I'm going to read the lyrics to you. Had an atomic bore in 2004. Did some atomic tricks in 2006. Got out way late 2008. Let's do it all again in 2010. But I just yeah. I had an atomic bore. <laughs> I did some atomic tricks. It's like, right. what does that even mean? But it's yeah. so heightened. Yeah. It's How so the hell over am I the top. To understanding that. Yeah, yeah. The speed at which it moves is great. Uh, and I love that song, You Dress Up for Armageddon, because it's all about, it's basically making fun of emo kids. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it, and it's, it's like, uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the lyrics now, and he's, he's like, your lips are moving, you go on and on and on. I've, I've heard it all before. It's not for me. I disagree. And then the chorus is, because uh, I heard you before when you said that there's a hole in your heart and it's bleeding. You dress up for Armageddon. I dress up for summer. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you put on your black turtleneck and cry. I'm right. going to go mess stuff up. Right. I'm going to be super excited about stuff. The stinger at the end is like, uh, uh, you feel tortured and filled with regret. You say life is void of meaning. Are <laughs> they not sick of you yet? Man, that's such a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> Are they not sick of you yet? That's so good. <laughs> oh man, and the and the last the last set of lyrics I'll give is from the last album. My time is coming, and it's just the whole message of the lyrics is just. I'm a big deal and I'm coming. Um, right. And it's this, but it's like mythical. You know, it's the, it, 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 the lyrics remind me of um, House of the Rising Sun. Yeah. It's that sort of like, oh my God, what is coming? Right. You know, this sort of epic, this epic bad time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the lyrics are, uh, you hear the whisper in the wind. You hear, I've come back again. Thought I was dead and gone. My light's still on. My time's coming. I grew right. up in a hole, squeezing diamonds out of coal. I'm the seventh son. I'm the only one, and I'm on the rise. And you're like, oh, my God, this guy's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like Solomon Grundy's coming to kill me. <laughs> right. You see, I grew up in a hole, squeezing diamonds out of coal. I'm the seventh son. I'm the only one, and I'm on the rise. I'm electricity song I'm running brighter than the morning sun. And it's just all of the lyrics are just like, I did this, I'm this huge deal, and I'm coming. <laughs> and yeah. Like, oh God, he's coming at me. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. And it's just over the top on every level. And yeah. that's what makes him so good is the energy's over the top. The music's over the top. The lyrics are over the top. The look is over the top. The marketing materials are over the top. And the stage presentation is over the top. Yeah. Everything is turned up to 10. Nothing can get any higher. 
And that is a special band, no matter what the genre. Yeah, and I actually, I want to, I do, one thing I do want to say is, um, the only song on Vinny Vitty Vicious that I always skipped, just because at the time, uh, I didn't think it, yeah, I, I don't know, like it was, I, I found it frustrating because it was just like a love song right in the middle of everything, but it made so much more sense the further, like the older I got was, um, Find Another Girl. And the only I knew you I, were going to say that. Well, she said- Yeah, when you said the one I skipped, I was like, I bet it's fine. Another girl. Yeah, that's an old song. That's a cover. Yeah. And I, it's I a, Curtis Mayfield wrote that song with um, 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 Jerry Butler. Yeah. I, and, you know, again, things I didn't know at the time. But then as I got older and then um, I, I remember you and I having a conversation about, you know, where um, folks like. uh Artists like Curtis Mayfield and artists like, um, oh God, Yakety Yak, Don't Talk Back, uh, frickin', um, who does Yakety Yak? Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Um, hold on. Yak. Uh, by the Coasters. Um, the Coasters. Oh, has that been was the Coasters? So Yakety Yak, Don't Talk Back. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. The coasters, no all of the different. So good. The coasters there's so rule. many. Yeah, there's so many songs by the coasters that have been covered by modern rock artists, just because the songs are silly. Uh, some of the Curtis Mayfield stuff has been covered, um, and I didn't know that at the time. And so you know, I'm listening through this song, and it, it sounds like um, you know lounge lizard type of music, and I'm like, huh. uh, why is this in the middle of this amazing rock album? But then you go back and listen to it, oh, and, no. and you know the lyrics are "Find yourself another girl who will love you true." Um, talk about got my heart broken. Um, move on. You know it's not sad. It's just move on. You know, and it fits totally in the the hives vein. Yeah, and it's also like a total '60s, you know, R&B soul song. You yeah, know, Motown exactly. or Atlantic or something. Right. And when when I saw that Jerry Butler and Curtis Mayfield wrote it, I was like, oh, right, obviously. Okay. <laughs> it totally makes sense. It's the same kind of stuff that, like, Marvin Gaye was writing at the time. Uh, you know, before they were giant pop stars, right, they were these exactly. songwriters cranking out these amazing hits for other people. Right. Um, and, oh, yeah, no, I love that song. And then on the next album, a similar one, Similar in that it's a little slower and it's uh six eight instead of four four. Um actually no, find yourself another girl is four four, but diabolical scheme. A yes. diabolic scheme is six eight and it's and there's like violins in the background and he's going the whole thing is this like plodding except the the vocals are ah, <laughs> woo, 
it's he's just wailing in the in the microphone he's like losing his mind singing this song and he's not singing rhythmically right he's like and the time well spent, the got the swag I has said, and no great <laughs> he's, just, he's all over the place. And right. everything else is so bump, 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 bump. It's that like driving, mechanical, sinister, dun, 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 mm-hmm. dun, 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 dun. And he's wailing all over the place, running around mm-hmm. like a madman. Like, you can hear him bending over to get those words out. Right, right. And I, oh, I love that song. Another crazy one uh, off that record, Tyrannosaurus Eyes, Abracadabra. Abracadabra. Oh, yeah. It's a really cool rocker. But the lyrics are madness. The lyrics are, it's about a guy hiding a dead body inside him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just... Like, what? What are you talking about? Right, they right. they tried to stick a dead body inside of me. It's <laughs> completely insane. Yeah. It's like, what? And I love that. I love when they just go completely insane like that. So, yeah, I mean, this is... They did about 15 years of albums. They haven't put an album out since 2012. They're still around. They're still touring. I don't know if right. they're working on new stuff or not. It would be great if they were. Uh, I just, uh, I hope and pray that I get to see them one day because, I mean, it's not just me saying it. Every music magazine consistently says they're one of the best live bands ever. If you don't yeah. believe me, look on YouTube. They're one of the best live acts on the planet yep. and they put out the best records. Yeah. If I'm... It, it really is, if I'm having a crappy day, I mean, we're recording at the end of May 2020, we're three months into corona, stuff sucks right now. Right. And there's exactly. a lot of bad days. Right. But I can put this album in, and everything, you know, for that brief time, everything is great, and I can jump up and down and be okay. And that's that's as good as it gets for me. Yeah. Yeah, agreed completely. All right, so uh, do you have anything else you want to say? No, I I just, The Hives is freaking fantastic, and uh, I'm so glad we did this episode. Well, um, you know, Dan, I appreciate you doing this. Um, I had a lot of fun relearning about The Hives. Um, it's, it's always fun as hell listening to them. Uh, it takes me back to you know, the, the early two thousands and, and just rocking out to them. Um, and it gave you. me an excuse to listen to all their records again. So I'm, exactly. I'm on cloud nine. Exactly. All right. Well, this has been the Dan and Aaron, like Rama. Dan, take us out.